Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. Turn in your Bible to Proverbs, if you will. Chapter 13. Now, if you weren't here last Sunday night, you're jumping in on week two, and I apologize. You need to go back and catch last Sunday night. Because last night, all we did was talk about how the Lord was going to help you to get out of debt. Somebody said, you talked about how to get out of debt? At church, yeah, you should read your Bible. It's riddled with it. The Lord, well, bring him on out. Put that wherever you want it. Thank you. Bring him out. There you go. Thank you. Let's give these guys a hand. Thank you. I said, Brother Gates is here tonight. They've worked so hard for the choir. I don't want them to have to try to sing over that elephant tonight. Oh, there's an elephant in the room. Started talking about it last week. Thank you for all the calls and the texts and the emails. People saying thank you for reminding me I can do this. God will help me. You can live debt free. If he can help you to live free from the debt of sin, surely he can help you to live free from consumer debt and the bondage of things that this world is trying to put on you so that you can be the kind of liver and giver that God wants you to be. Somebody say, that's right. Elbow your neighbor and tell him he's talking to you. Tonight, I'm going to talk about a topic that not many pastors want to talk about, but every pastor better talk about. It's my desire that you be blessed according to the counsel and the wisdom of this text. And so we've got to talk about it. I do want to say a great big thank you and honoring of those that are helping leading in Camby and Greenwood, Brother and Sister Sizemore in Camby, Brother and Sister Brzezinski in Greenwood and the ministry teams that are helping there. There were first-time visitors in both locations today worshiping God. We honor that. Amen. We're going to have revival around this city. (laughs) Woo. Praise God. The devil don't like it. The devil does not like it. But God... God is pleased when we reach for people and when the body grows. Amen. Proverbs chapter 13, we read it last week. Let's read it again. Verse 7, there is that maketh himself rich, yet hath nothing. There is that maketh himself poor, yet hath great riches. Another version says one person pretends to be rich, yet has nothing. Another pretends to be poor, yet has great wealth, okay? Tonight we're going to talk about another elephant in the room along with this money thing. It's pretty important, okay? This person that said, he said, I've I've got to have a raise. 
told his boss, he said, I've got to have a raise and I've got to have a, a raise bat. He said, I've got three other companies that are after me. The boss said, really? Is that so? He said, yeah. He said, well, tell me, you've got other companies that are chasing after you. You, you want to raise from me. What companies are they? He said, my mortgage company, my credit card company, and a car loan company. They're all chasing me. I need a raise. <laughs> uh, we want to honor you with our finances. I want you to lift your hands with me right now all over this room, and I want you to pray that his word would do its intended work. Help us, oh God. It's my duty tonight as the pastor of this assembly, Lord, to try to talk about finances. I pray against resistance. I pray against hindrance. I pray, Lord, you'd help me. I pray you'd touch these precious people, every young person, every young adult, every middle age, every elder, from the youngest to the eldest in this room. Let there be comprehension, understanding, and applying of the word. We ask it in the name of Jesus Christ and let everyone say amen. The elephant in the room, part two. You may be seated. How do you really win with money? If your answer is the lottery, you're wrong. For some of you, how you win with money is asking your parents. For some, for some of you, how you win with money is blind trust. For some of you, it's hard work. But I want to tell you something tonight. You can win with money by being intentional and living for the kingdom of God. Now, I've got good news for everybody tonight. I've got good news for some, and I've got bad news for others. Brother Brown, you know how that is. You know, you just got those words. So I'm going to let some of you off the hook tonight. I'm going to let some of you not have to get even frustrated in the least. You don't have to have any concern. Because tonight, wow, this is good news. It's good news. Tonight, I'm only teaching believers. So if you're not a believer, you won't even feel bad. This message is not even to you. Guess what? You're off the hook. Now, if you sigh a sigh of relief, the people around you may begin to pray. But I want to let you know right now, believers trust God with their money. Believers are intentional about their finances. But there are what I would call believers, and there are posers. <laughs> there are pretenders. We've all been there. We've seen Posers in all areas, pretenders in all areas, people that look like they have it together. I've loved over the years traveling and speaking in youth ministry to talk about the time when I was heavily involved in playing baseball. And as a result, I played softball with the church league and, and the new guy that showed up and he was head to toe in brand new gear. He had the nicest bag the most expensive bat, the most incredible glove. 
It should have hit me, and it would hit me now. I didn't realize it because I was too young in my teenage years to understand it. It would hit me now, Brother John, that his cleats had no dirt on them. And his pants had no grass stains. You look too clean to be good. But when he first walked up, Brother Trano, I thought this dude is a ball player. I was the youngest guy on the team, and I was afraid I was going to lose my spot. But long story short, the first time I, told, I saw him try to hit, I knew I was okay. He looked the part. He just wasn't the part. And I don't want to look simply like a believer. I want to be a believer. And to be a believer, I've got to put action with my words. We've been saying this and hearing this since we were just children, most of us. You can talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? It's not as intimidating as it used to be, but it is still truth. I don't want simply to talk it. I want to walk it. But there are people who are posers, pretenders. Certainly not here. Let's assume it would be anywhere else but here. But just in case you're watching online, possibly you've mingled in. I will tell you who they are. They are people that look like a believer. They dress like a believer. Show up like a believer. Try to get involved in things like a believer. They serve alongside of you. They do their best to be alongside of you. But they don't give like you give. They don't tithe like you tithe. Oh, done lost the air in the room. According to Dave Ramsey, stats say that 53% of professed Christians have not given anything to their church in the last month. That's an elephant in the room. Now, you, you hear me because on the foundation of this message, I, I, want, I want you to turn to your neighbor. I know some of you hate this, but we got to do this, okay? Turn to your neighbor, pick an eyeball, and look at it. And, and to, I didn't even tell you to say anything yet. You so caught up picking an eyeball. Pick an eyeball and tell them these words, okay? Pastor is not after you tonight. Okay? Now look at me. Look at me. I won't tell you. They told you and I told you. So by two or three, not after you tonight. You better hear me. God is. Turn to somebody else. Find the best eyeball you can get. Come on, find an eyeball. Give them a big smile. Show them every tooth you own legally. Tell them these words. It matters to God how you spend your money. If you're in agreement, say amen. Even if you're not, say amen. Otherwise, it'll be awkward. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. If I'd show up to church, they'd be after my money. I've got news for you tonight. If you know me at all, you don't see me take up no bunch of offerings. 
This is a giving church. If you're a visitor, I want you to know something tonight. You're in one of the most giving churches in all the world. You stumbled in. You'll be blessed just by being here because this is a giving church. And we applaud that. This is a giving church. Somebody say amen. amen. It's a giving church. Yes, it is. And we're blessed as a result of that. Well, pastor, then why are you talking about giving? Why are we talking about this? Because the Lord has prompted me, and I don't want anyone to be unblessed or to lack blessing, okay? Non-believers, God does not expect you to give, but believers, he expects us to give. He expects us to return our tithes and bring our offerings. Return our tithes. I want our language to be clear here. Return our tithes to him and to bring an offering to him. When we become Christians or followers of Christ and go from non-believers, we become believers. That means we've got to put action with our faith. Last week, we talked about committing to attack consumer debt. I had people coming up to me. They were working on it. We had so many people sign up already for Financial Peace University, and I'm thankful for it. There shouldn't be a young marriage and probably a lot of mid-marriage in this room. If you've never been through that, you need to sign up to start that at the end of the month. Why? Because I want you to live blessed. I want you to live debt-free so you and your wife don't have to be fighting about silliness. Don't think I'm silly. I'll cut that council time down. Help somebody in this room. But Lopez, I'm going to help you out right there. So we commit to that, but the second thing I've got to commit to, I've got to commit to it, you've got to commit to it, and some of you are going to think this is elementary, but I feel like God's going to allow something to be explosive in this house tonight. The second thing we've got to commit to is this, I must commit to returning my tithe to the Lord. I must commit to returning my tithe to the Lord. If we are real believers, we must have real commitment. If we are real disciples, we must have real discipline. Okay? I recognize that there can be a sense or a thread of cynicism. Here we go. It's all about money. But I want to tell everybody here tonight that all the money is his anyway. Why does God need my 10%? I'm going to just go ahead and pull the cover off this. He doesn't. He doesn't need your 10%. Pastor, can you just shout a little bit? Let us get excited, hop around, we'll leave. I'm going to tell you something really exciting, okay? If you tithe, it'll bless your finances in a way that nothing else will. I need some elders that'll testify right now. I found out there is no one more faithful than God. I'll tell you what tithing will do. Tithing will send checks in the mail that you weren't counting on. Returning it. Now, 100%, everybody say 100% is the Lord's. 100% is the Lord's. That 10% that you give to God, that you return to him, it is not because God is sitting in heaven, wringing his hands, wondering, what are we going to do if they don't give it? Hey, Gabe, how do the coffers look? It's ridiculous. God's not wringing his hands, 
wondering about it. That 10% that we return to the Lord is God's gift to us teaching us management. Teaching us discipline. And I, I will tell you this because I've watched it for decades now. Those who cannot manage returning tithes cannot manage the rest of their life either. Woo! That's a good word right there. That's not even in the notes. That's just in the Holy Ghost notes. Because it's the truth. If I cannot have discipline, I got to scoot you down back here just a little bit, Skippy. Just. If, I, if I cannot manage returning that 10%, but how many know this, this topic is an elephant in the room? Follows you everywhere. Maybe I'm the only one, but I've had times in my life where the, where the check came. And I knew the old 10% was supposed to come off the top. But I preferred to try to find it at the bottom. Let's see. <laughs> come on. Many of us in the room, we've played this game right here. We'll see if I have anything left. And if I have anything left, I'll give it to God. I'm glad he doesn't treat us that way. I'm glad he didn't look at you and say, well, the very least I can do. I just saved what's left over. No, when he thought about the church, he purchased the church with his own blood. He gave his life to the church. He gave liberty to the church. He gave freedom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when it comes to returning tithing, I'm not waiting on what's left. Here's why. If I will give him my 10% off the top, 100% is his, but he's going to trust me with 90%. He's going to trust me. Here's how it works. I don't know. It's just biblical. It's just spiritual. If I trust him with the 10%, he'll take that 90% and turn it into more than I. And I promise you this, when you're faithful, let me talk about this diligence and this money management thing. When you, when you return your 10%, it will make you focus in on the 90%. When you can't pay your tithes, but you can pay cable. It's a big elephant. I'll hide behind it. I get right up behind it. Come on. I can't afford to pay tithes. But you sent your kid to a camp that cost. Oh, look at pastor. Pastor's greedy tonight. I got good news for you. I don't know whether you tithe or not. That's the easiest part about paying, about doing this message tonight. I don't say, if you, if you think I said in a room, bring me the reports. You got another thing coming. Don't have to do that. We're too blessed to do that. But let me tell you who does notice when you give and when you don't. Let me tell you who does notice. God knows whether or not we rob from him. And I do not want to be found robbing God. I do not want to be found robbing God. Somebody say amen. God's word teaches us to tithe. Leviticus 27, 32 concerning the tithe. Of the herd, of the flock, even whatsoever passeth under the rod. The tenth shall be holy unto the Lord. Everybody say a tenth of it. Tenth of it. Turn in your Bible to Malachi. It's the last book before Matthew. 
right before you get into the New Testament. If you can find the Gospels, go left. Don't you love the Word of God? Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. Will a man rob God? Man, isn't that a sobering way to start? Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. Woo, what? You say, where, wherein have we robbed thee? Isn't that how you do it? That's how I do it. I lift my voice a little like that. Where? When did we rob you? In tithes and offerings. Oh, pastor, I thought you were just going to talk about tithes. It's not me. It's the Bible. You've robbed me. Tithes and offerings. You're cursed with a curse. Oh, Lord, help us. Why? You robbed me. The whole nation. Pause. Because I'm right in between. I feel like teaching and I feel like preaching. It's a dangerous place for a preacher to be. Only person that's more dangerous for is somebody in the congregation. We got a nation that is spending money erroneously. We can't say we're in debt up to our eyeballs. We're so far past our heads. Our nation is so far gone in what we're spending money on. And it's so out of balance. We've got people in our streets that can't afford to eat. While we've got people that are. We've got people that are spending extravagant prices on things they don't need at all. How do I find balance? If we would do what we were always taught to do. We would find balance in this book. In this eternal holy writ. Verse 10. Bring. Everyone say bring. Bring ye all the tithe into the storehouse. That there may be meat in mine house. Prove me now herewith saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven. And pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Now, I'm going to tell you that if I only preach that part, whoo, he's going to open up the windows of heaven. If I preach it like that, everybody say, whoo, he's going to pour out a blessing upon you. Be so big that you can't even receive. Somebody's going to say, excuse me. Somebody might dance out of their pew. Dance right out into the aisle until I say, if you bring your tithe, then they say right back into the pew. Say, <laughs> But it's not mine. It's the Lord's. And if I really want to be blessed by God, I've got to get in alignment with what the word of the Lord tells me. He said, I'll do it. You've got to bring your tithe, bring your offering. I'll pour out a blessing. Watch this. It goes on. It gets even better. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. 
You know you that's cursing the devourer on your own behalf? He said, when you're faithful to me, I will step in. I will rebuke the devourer. That's what I really want, Brother Healy. I want God to step in on our behalf and rebuke the devourer. The devourer that's trying to gobble up marriages and gobble up minds and gobble up finances and gobble, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to gobble us up with sickness. Trying to, go I want God to step in and say, that is enough. You know that he can do it, don't you? You know that God can step in. Hmm. He said, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes. He shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you what? Shall call you what? 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 Blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land. Really? Yeah, saith the Lord of hosts. What do you want, pastor? I want to be a part of a blessed church. I want to be a part of a blessed church. I want to be a part of a blessed family. I want to be a part of a blessed home. I yeah, I do. I want to be a part of a blessed body and a blessed people. But I don't care how good we sing, even if it's a cappella about thanks. If I can give him my mouth, but not my bills. I'll give you my song, but not my tithes. And it's why our 90% goes like this. If you don't give him the 10%, the 100% will be gone. I'm not saying it'll always be easy. It will make you manage. But when we learn to be diligent, how many have found that out? When you learn to be diligent about the 10%, it will make you evaluate the 90%. Pastor Carson, that's not good preaching. That's great preaching. That's great preaching. Oh, uh, that's a little self-serving. It's not self-serving. It's you, if it's self-serving, it's your self-serving. It's my self-serving in the sense that if I will tithe, I got a word from God. And I can't tell you how many times over the years I've told some of the stories from the platform. When a bill came due, you know what I did? I said, hey, 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 you know, I returned it. And I'm not embarrassed to do that because I got a promise from God. I've got a word from God. Pastor, you don't know what it's like to have a bill due. You better shut your mouth. I've been there, and I will tell you this, that some of the lean times taught me how to appreciate learning what it's do, what it means to do without and to go without. If you haven't ever had to get creative with your food, <laughs> if you ain't ever had a cucumber sandwich, yeah, I see witness in the room right now. I see people like, yes. Not two pieces of bread. You take that one piece, you fold. You eat it like a chubby kid eats a Kit Kat. Just one little bite. One layer.
Come on, you're laughing because you did it. It teach you a little bit. It teach you to appreciate things when you've been somewhere. Why, hey, there's a bunch of people in this room, a bunch of elders. You can always tell when you encounter someone who's always been given everything. Lack gratefulness, lack discipline. But don't you know it's true? Remember when we all found out things cost that we never thought about? I've talked about this before. It wrecked my life when I found out light bulbs cost money. <laughs> Brother Gwaltney, I knew my parents said things like, turn it off. I thought about electricity, yeah. The light bulb itself, there is not an endless supply. I thought you walked to the closet, opened the door, like, bring light bulbs. <coughs> light bulbs cost money. I don't want to be embarrassing, but toilet paper costs money. You know, you thought it was always there, even if you couldn't change it, you thought it was... Even if you're the lazy person that just sets it on top of the roll because you can't take. I feel a ministering spirit. <laughs> if you can't even put it on the roll, you're probably not giving your tithe. You, you, you. <laughs> hey, discipline. <laughs> That's a word for somebody. Having less makes you appreciate when you have more. But I will tell you, you cannot ever truly have more. More. Until God can trust you with what you have. What does tithing mean? What does that tenth mean? Ten percent. If we make, help me out mathematicians. If we make a hundred dollars, we give ten. Our tithe is to be brought to the storehouse. We give it. Now, you can give it digitally. You can give it cash. You can give it in a check. I don't, it doesn't matter how you, every now and then. And I honor what people are doing. People will bring that to me and say, I want to give you my tithes. I don't open the envelope. I don't look at it. I don't see the number. Don't want to see it. All I do is I take it and drop it in a box because I don't want anyone to ever think they're giving to me. I don't want anybody to think they're giving to Pastor Lopez or giving to... You're returning to the Lord. Somebody say amen to that. Okay, we bring that, we return it. And when we tithe, God can bless us financially. But when we don't tithe, God can leave us alone. I do, there's, there's, there's several things I don't ever want God to take his hands off of. But one of them is for sure my finances. I do not ever want God to leave me to my own devices in regards to my finances. I want to return it to the Lord. I want it to be blessed. Uh, tithing taught before the Old Testament in Genesis 14. Jesus reaffirms it in Matthew 20, 23. There is this, there's this principle in the Old Testament that is explained to us. Abraham tithed some 500 years before the law. Because tithing was bigger than the law. Well, that's just the law. No, it's not. It's not just the law. Yeah, Jesus got on to the Pharisees. 
He got onto the Pharisees about it. He, he, he wasn't rebuking them for tithing. He was instructing them. He said, tithe, but don't do it because it's law. Let all of your life honor God. Don't think that because you pay your tithe, now for some reason you're greater than others. He said, you tithe down to the last mint leaf, but you don't even recognize widows that are wounded. When I return my money to him, it should make me more sensitive, not less sensitive. I cannot buy salvation. He bought salvation. Woo. I cannot buy salvation. But I return it to him and he can bless. Somebody shout, I want his blessing. God owns it all. And I give that back to him. Randy Alcorn, a, uh, a famous author, he wrote this. Uh, I believe this was in his book, Money, Possessions, and Eternity, a great book. Tithing isn't something that we do to clear out our consciences so that we can do whatever we want with the 90% because that 90% also belongs to God. We must seek his direction and his permission for whatever we do with the full amount. We may discover that God has different ideas than we do. I've had people that have told me in my life, when I started giving faithfully and returning faithfully, he put innovation and creativity into my mind. He helped my business to prosper in a way it never would have. There's people in this room right now that are working in jobs that a long, not long ago you would not even have qualified for. There are people in this room right now that when they gave you the job, you just had to play along. We believe you're qualified. You just sat across the table. Mm-hmm. So we would like you to be the manager. Of, and you just said, yep. That's what I was thinking. And it's not about your degree and it's not about your last name, but it's because you've been faithful to God and you have been diligent in giving and returning to God. And because, do I have any blessed people in this house? Any blessed people that have found out when I'm faithful to God, he is faithful to me. Your business is blessed. Your family is blessed. Your home is blessed. Because I cannot outgive God. Find three or four people and smile at them. Tell them you can't outgive God. Can't outgive God. Cannot outgive God. So why? What is it about tithing? I'll tell you what it is about tithing. While it's 10% of my money, it shows him he's got 100% of my heart. You've heard it said for years, and I will reiterate tonight, show me what you do with your calendar and show me what you do with your pocketbook, and I can show you where your heart is. Show me where you spend your time and show me where you spend your money. But I've got a newsflash for myself and you included. I don't have to show God he sees. I don't have to show God he knows it. Shouldn't talk about tithing. And it's, and it's an awkward thing for people. I've been in random conversations where tithing should not have come up. Brother Mac, you know, I've been in conversations. Tithing, tithing was nowhere on the radar. But they were just waiting on a way to work it in. By, by the way, I don't even know. I mean, just take you off the hook. I don't know. The Holy Ghost would have to speak to me. I don't know. So you don't ever have to work that into conversation. By the way, the reason that I haven't Listen, this elephant in a room right here, this is only an elephant if we allow it to be. This should not, tithing and offering should not be the elephant in the church ever. 
I think I told this story one time. I went to preach a revival at this church. Brother Drew, when I went to the church, they got to offering time and said that it's time to take up the offering. Everybody in the church lost their mind. They started clapping and shouting. People started jumping. I was nervous. But they were so trained that when it came time to give, they had been in a string of miracles over the last year from sacrificial giving and bringing to the Lord. And they had been teaching on it and sharing and showing stories that every time they were giving, I mean, it was happening week after week after week after week. And so when they got up and said, we're going to give an offering, people were like, you're salivating, ready to give. Why? They had caught the principle. They had caught the principle that it should not be awkward to talk about the gift that he gave us. The only reason it ever becomes awkward is if somewhere along the way I start thinking it's mine, not his. Exodus 21 through 3, God spoke all these words. I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You'll have no other gods before me. No other gods before me. No other gods before me. The question has always been, what God am I tempted to worship? Matthew 6 and 24. Matthew 6 and 24. No man can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other or else you will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And for those that are not understanding, mammon is that God of money. That God of money. That love of money. Money is the God that will fight the hardest for our devotion. But tithing tells God, you are number one in my life. Now, most of us in this room, we got this down. But the Lord's trying to do some heart surgery on some new believers in this room. So I want everybody in the building to lift your hands right now. And I want you to begin to pray with me. You prayed this morning so powerfully when we called for it. I want you to begin to pray right now. Because God is trying to unlock financial blessing in some lives and some homes. Come on, pray for every young believer. Every high schooler, you hear me right now. If you got a job, you got to be tithing. Every young adult. Come on, if you're making it, you've got to be tithing. You've got to be bringing that back to God. I want somebody to begin to pray right now. God, I want to be blessed by you. I don't want to hold anything back from you. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Pastor, why are you teaching about this? Because I don't want your life to wither away. I don't want your finances to wither away. In Malachi, the farmland was withering away. It wasn't because God was sitting there waiting on that little extra percentage. I can't make it without. That's not what it was about. It was about discipline and obedience. How can I bless the rest of it? When you are withholding the first tenth of it. I will tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that greed is one of the most powerful forces of evil we have to combat and come against. That's why giving is worship. Giving is worship. 
not talking about just trying to say, well, I'm giving to the church. And it's, I said this, we're a blessed church, but giving to God and to the work of the kingdom. And I'm not talking about this. Well, I'm going to give it, but if I give it, you're going to do this with it. Keep it. Keep it. You weren't giving it to God. You were giving it to you. Oh, okay. I'm going to give it to you, but I want you to tell me how you spend it. Keep it. Keep it. I'm going to. Man, I, I touched something in the spirit, so I'm going to stay for a second. I'm going to give it, but I want you to report to me. I'm not talking about checks and balances. If you know me, I believe in transparency and checks and balances. And I think anybody that won't, that's when I have a question. But I can't, I can't give to you. I can't hand you this. Brother Robeson, I feel to give you $100. I want you to take, I want you to take this $100. He held his hand out. He said, give me it. That's what I'm talking about. I like you. He said, open up the windows of heaven. We're out. That'd be, like me, that'd be like me giving you $100 and saying, I want you to take your family to Chewy's, but I want you to bring me the receipt, and I want you to tell me what you ate, and I want you to let me know whether or not she got an appetizer. And if she got dessert, I want to know about it. She gets that tres leches, that tres leches is good, but I want you to bring it. I want you to tell me about it. You know how, you know, wouldn't that be ridiculous? I've come bring you a gift card. Here, I want your family to be blessed. And then I come to you and say, now, I want to know, was the, was the salsa spicy or not spicy? Did you spend it all? You got $7 left on that gift card. How do you plan on spending that $7 left on the gift I'm not meddling. I'm pastoring right now. I'm, I'm helping somebody because here's, here's how it works. Here's how it works. When I trust God, I trust, I trust God. I trust God. I give it to him. I, I allow it to be used in the kingdom of God. I allow it to be worked out. Now, there are certain times when we take up offerings for certain areas. We're, about to, we're going to talk about that in a week or two. Buckle your seatbelt. No, you're so ready. I've had people coming up to me for months saying, when can I give? And I'm just like, anytime, anytime. We're going to update. We're going to update. But you'll hear about it in the next couple of weeks. But we have several. Remember, remember the project last year when we started talking? Or was that in 20? Talking about the kitchen? Updating the kitchen? I loved it. People coming up and giving I want to give $1,000 to the kitchen. Here's what I will not do. Take that $1,000 for the kitchen and decide that we need to put some new tires. Well, you gave it. Yeah, but you gave for a specific reason. How many think that when you give, you should be able to trust what you're giving to? I believe in that. I believe that when I give to missions, it should go to missions. <laughs> How far should I go with this? <laughs> but when I, when I bring my tithes, I don't get to say, I'd like you to tell me how you're going to spend that. <laughs> how many know it's true? We can't do it's not. It's not. I'd like you to tell me. How you treating the elephant? You feeding the elephant good? Are you feeding? You keep, how you treating my elephant? How you treating it? That's not how it works in the kingdom of God. Because we return it to the Lord. Bring our offerings. Pretty soon we're going to talk to you about putting new carpet in this room. When you, you feel that in the room? 
Some of say, hey. That's a good a cappella song all by itself. How many know it costs money to put this much carpet down? I've had people coming to me say, Pastor, how do I give to that carpet? <laughs> how do I give? When it comes in and it's towards carpet, we earmark it towards carpet. Comes in towards seating, it's earmarked towards seating. A lot of people just come in and say, here's just general offering. Anything you can do. So what do we do? We give it. Here's how we do it. For the work of the kingdom of God. And what does the Lord do? The Lord says, since you trust me, I'll trust you. Since you trust me, I'll trust you. If, if I want something from the Lord beyond salvation, I want to be trusted by the Lord. I want him to be able to look at me and say, I can trust him with finances. When I give to him, I know he will give to me. And I tell you, that's how I think we ought to live, Brother Devin. I think the first thing we ought to be thinking about is how can I give to the Lord? How can I honor the kingdom of God? Because when I honor him with my finances and I give to him with my, my, my return, my tithing, and bring my offerings, he can trust me with it. We've been preaching here about the open hand with starting the works and the campuses. You know it takes money. Somebody said, why would you do that? Where's Brother Sizemore? I saw him. Brother Sizemore, somebody said, just what about the, the local church? What a, I said, what about the city going to hell? Brother B, what about the local church? We're having revival in the local church. What about Greenwood? Well, isn't that expensive? We've never had to take up one offering. I weird people out. Somebody was telling me the other day, I said, we don't, we don't, even, we don't even pass the, plant, the pans in our church. They said, <gasps> somebody said, at what point, we like to talk about service structure, Brother Wall, somebody said, when do, you, when do you do offering in your service? I said, we don't. <gasps> Why? Because we got hundreds of people that have found you can't outgive God. We don't get up and beg and plead and, and plead with people. We've got people all over the room that have found when I give it to God, he gives it back. When I trust the Lord. And so tonight is about getting anybody that hasn't figured it out yet. If you don't know yet, you ought to let this serve witness to you right now. If you will trust God, if you will return to God, if you will bring it to God, watch that he won't open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing upon you above that which you're able to bear. Somebody say amen. Praise God. Turn to your neighbor like they've never given their tithes ever before and say, you should really give your tithes. Now look back at them and tell them, don't talk to me like that. <laughs> How many believe that if we give to the Lord, he can give back to us? Two men marooned on an island, one paced back and forth, worried, scared, while the other man sat back and was sunbathing. First man said to the second man, aren't you afraid? We're going to die on this island. He said, no, 
He said, I make $100,000 a week. He said, I tithe faithfully. My pastor will find me. <laughs> Some of you thought it was funny. Some of you thought it was ignorant. I don't know. Leighton Farrell was the minister of Highland Park Church in Dallas for many years. A man in the church who once made a covenant with his pastor. He said, the Lord showed it to me, pastor. I'm going to tithe. Tithing 10% of my income every year. I'm going to do it. I know that I have to. He was young and he didn't have a lot of money. His pastor said, I'm glad it's been revealed to you. But things changed. The man tithed $1,000 the year that he earned $10,000. 10000 the year that he earned 100000 But he got to the place where he earned a million dollars and he, he actually gave, tithed, $100,000 the year that he earned a million. But time had gone on. His business was extremely successful. And Leighton Farrell said, he said one year he earned $6 million. He said he walked into my office and the man begged to get out of that covenant. He said, Pastor, this tithing business has to stop. It was fine when my tithe was only $1,000, but I cannot afford $600,000 a year. You've got to do something, Reverend. Pastor knelt down on the floor and prayed silently for a long time until eventually that man said, What are you doing? I came to you for an answer. He said, I'm praying that God will reduce your income back to the level you can... just too much to give to the Lord. I'm glad it wasn't too much for him to give to us. I'm glad it wasn't too much for him to trust us with the job. I'm glad it wasn't too much for him to trust us with the business. I don't want to rob the Lord. The Lord said, test me. Test me and see if I won't open up the floodgates of heaven. Stand with me in this room tonight. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Give it to him. Matthew 6 and 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. Psalm 119. Turn my heart towards your statutes. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. What is it about tithes? I'll tell you what it is. It's the key. It's the key. It's the key. Need some college student to hear me right now. You got to tithe on your tips. I'm getting them right now, ain't I? I'm getting them right now. How much you make? Well, $119 on my check. So that's 10 10 yeah, but you had a pocket full of ones because even though it's 2022, people still tip $1. Let's not even do the depreciation on that tip. If I make $20 in tips, I got to take the first 10% off. Come on, valet drivers. I used to love being a valet driver when I was at Bible college. I went to IBC. I used to love being... 
I drove vehicles I had no business driving. The day that guy pulled up in a brand new Corvette. Somebody's got a Corvette in the IBC lot over here. I don't know whose that is, but I want to talk to you after service. I want to be friends. Hey, God drove in, brand new vet, looked like the Batmobile. It was so sweet. I was, I was 18 years old. He threw me them keys. He said, take it for a spin. I kind of looked at my boss. He was looking at me like, don't even think about it. <laughs> if I take it around the block, I may take it around the state. Threw me those keys. Trusted me with those keys. Trusted me enough to park it. Trusted me enough to say, take it for a spin. And that's how I feel like the Lord is really with us. He gives us stuff that's greater than us. He says, I trust you with it. I trust you with it. Somebody in here tonight says, well, pastor, that's easy for you to say, but you, you, you and I were in different categories. I only make this. We're both in the same category. It's a God category. And there's trust. And there's untrust. Lack of trust. I want to be found faithful. I want you to lift your hands all over the room with me right now. I didn't plan to feel this so strong, but I feel it so strong right now that God is wanting to bless someone's finances. This is just a lesson in the series that I've got to teach. It's, it's necessary. But God is trying to tell someone right now, you have been scraping by. Man, I feel this right now. You've been scraping by. And the deceiver of your soul has been telling you you're never going to get ahead. And I'm bringing you a word from God right now. Right from the text that if you will trust God. Ooh. Ooh. My, my, my. If you'll trust the Lord. He can open up the windows of heaven. Somebody's got resumes into jobs right now. I need the church to pray. The Lord's trying to do some financial moving right now. He's trying to do some dispersing. You've never heard me say this. Never before. But he's trying to give somebody a million dollar blessing in this room. Need to lift your hands right now. All over this room. Somebody needs to begin to pray and say, God, I'm going to trust you with my finances. My, my, my. Help me to trust you with. I need seasoned saints to pray right along with me right now. You've been, you've been returning your tithing, bringing your offering faithful for years. I need you to pray with me that this would seep into the hearts and the minds of newer believers and younger couples that the enemy's been attacking them. We got, some, we got some great families here, no doubt. I haven't seen the numbers, but the Lord is prompting me so strong. The enemy's been trying to wreck your finances and been trying to wreck your marriage too. Got some young people, he's been trying to deceive you into thinking it doesn't matter that you can learn how to tithe when you get older. 
I need everybody to pray. Man, this is a spiritual moment right now. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, yes. Come on, somebody begin to out loud praise him. Begin to out loud just tell him fresh and new. I'm going to trust you. A hundred percent. Not just the ten percent, a hundred percent. I return the ten percent, but then I'm going to bring offerings and I'm going to allow you to give me creativity. Focus in on how I spend the 90. I don't want to spend my money on frivolous things. Mm. I don't want to put anybody on the spot right now. I wouldn't embarrass anybody in this room. But I'm going to tell you right now, God's trying to open up some finances. He's trying to open up the financial flow in some families in this room right now. I got so many pictures. I talked about that bag of cereal, Dino Bites. I don't even know what all I said. It got wild. I got so many pictures of Dino Bites. People wanting to go out to eat and had to go by and get cheap cereal. People texting me, I wanted to go to such and such. And I made it clear last week, if it's in the budget, go. But if there's seven days in the week and you're eating out five of them, it's got to be in the budget. Tell you something. If tithing is not in the budget, you don't have a budget. I got, I got no tithing in the budget. Then you don't have a budget. You have a broken lifestyle. It's true. Well, Pastor, Pastor, I, I, I don't understand because you know there's millionaires out there that don't tithe. Yeah, and I've met a bunch of them and can tell you that money does not yield happy. If you think money really makes them happy, then why do you think they're getting Botox all up? Can't stay out of the tanning bed. Let me talk for a minute. I'm going to tell you something right now. Money will not make happy. Being a part of the greater plan of God will bring happiness. It'll bring validation. It'll bring you strength. There's an elephant in the room, but we're not afraid of it because it's our finances. Thank you so much for being in the house of the Lord. I pray you've got a commitment to return it to God and give it to the Lord, bringing back your tithes, bringing to him and giving your offerings. Let it be something we walk in. Next week, we're going to take a fun route in this financial series, and I think the Lord's really going to help us. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.